0: Hi, I'm Karen Graffio, and I blog at Bittersweet Diabetes, and you're listening to the Juice Box Podcast. Hello?
1: Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you? Good.
0: Okay, good. Now I know you hear me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Am I soft, loud?
0: Uh, Normal, I would say.
1: Good. Okay, I'm going to try to gain back a little bit then. Am I still good for you?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll just stay close to my laptop.
1: That's perfect. (laughs) Actually, you sound perfect right now. Boom, we're starting. (laughs) This is it. No big entry. We're just going to get going. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Karen, you have one of those last names that I think I know how to pronounce, but I'm pretty sure I say wrong.
0: Oh, well, it's better than my maiden name, so go ahead and give my married name a shot. (laughs) All right.
1: Is it Graffio? Yes. Oh, see that? Look at me.
0: (laughs) I guess the real Italian way is Graffio. Graffio. We're fake Italians, so we just say (laughs) Graffio. But my maiden name was Cienciola, so that one, Graffio's easy compared to that.
1: That one I would have gotten wrong. (laughs) Okay, so Karen, I believe, excuse me, I believe that you are the first... Person with diabetes that i've had on the podcast it's usually parents of children so Ah. if i can find some coronation music or something like that i will insert it right here and make you uh make you the official first one this is episode 15 of the juice box podcast it's going to go up a couple days early because it is an interview with karen graffio who is the person who started diabetes blog week Diabetes Blog Week in 2015 begins on Monday, May 11th and runs until May 17th. Each day, Karen gives you a different writing prompt and you can write something for your diabetes blog. If you don't have a blog of your own but want to participate in Diabetes Blog Week, I would be happy to publish your blog post on ardensday.com. If you have that interest, go to ardensday.com, scroll to the bottom, Click contact me, send me an email, and let me know, and I would be very happy to put your blog post up for everyone to read. Okay, last thing, you know that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast or read on ArdenStay.com constitutes advice, medical or otherwise, and that you should always seek medical help, professionals, and things like doctors before making changes to your healthcare plan. Here is Karen. Would you mind telling me a little bit about your life with Type 1?
0: sure so i was diagnosed in 1979 um i was 11 years old at the time uh obviously it's you know in over 35 years i've seen a lot of changes when i was first diagnosed uh, we didn't even have blood glucose meters at home it was that gross urine testing with test tubes and little fizzy tablets that you dropped in it uh, that really told you How much sugar is spilling three hours ago? Um, There was a very strict exchange diet that I had to follow. You ate certain things at certain times, whether you wanted them or not. Mm -hmm. Um, One injection a day was all we took. And basically, you just lived your life being high, you know, high glucose all the time. Uh, So, yeah, a lot has changed in my years with diabetes. Is
1: that, I'm doing math in my head, which if you, heard the podcast before you know i'm not great at but is that 36 years uh
0: well we think i was diagnosed in december so almost 36
1: wow okay and you're good at math i'm good at math you should have seen my face while i was trying to figure that out um so okay so that's a very long time and you diagnosed in 79 Mm -hmm. um and obviously, the technology and the, and the, and the way things have done are, have changed greatly. Have you seen an improvement in your life as those changes have come?
0: Um, well, I would say yes. Um, it's kind of hard to compare it because obviously when I was 11, I wasn't doing a lot of the diabetes management. It was all my, my parents, mostly my mom. Um, and I think... When I think about the the things that the kids with diabetes today are dealing with, it's still hard. It's just hard in different ways. Okay. Um, I never had a 504 plan at school because my body was just used to taking tests when my blood sugar was 300, probably even 400, whatever. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't think twice about sending me for overnight sleepovers because I wasn't going to go low in the night. It was, you know... But we worried about complications. We worried about, um, you know, I was the kid at the birthday party who couldn't eat cake while all the other kids did. It was the struggles were different, but.
1: And so, okay, so that's interesting. So, the the focus at that time was more worrying about the future. Yes accepting yeah. accepting a higher blood sugar there's nothing we can do about it there's limitations in the technology so you're you're really stuck i mean what are you going to do well I mean, a,
0: a little bit yeah maybe i didn't say that exactly no go ahead um, yes like you knew you were high all the time but you were told to try your best okay don't eat anything you're not supposed to eat uh don't sneak chocolate when no one's looking because those high blood sugars are going to kill you someday right uh it was
1: And that was, was that literally how your parents spoke to you about it?
0: Oh, no. no, Not not my parents, but it was just the way. It was the vibe. You know, it was just the mindset. Okay. You know, I grew up thinking when I, I grew up thinking I wouldn't even get to the age I am. In a couple of weeks, I'll be 47. I didn't think I'd see 30. Okay. Um, and I thought I would have a boatload of complications, um.
1: And, and do you, do you mind me asking, are you having any complications?
0: I have no complications yet. Um, eyes are good. Kidneys are good. All my labs come up good. I have a little bit of shoulder discomfort, which might be frozen shoulder, but hasn't been formally diagnosed mm-hmm. um, because I kind of ignore it. But, um, <laughs> other than that. Yeah. I have no complications.
1: First of all, that's amazing. Congratulations. And, um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's funny, as you started talking, I, I realized I invited you on to talk about Diabetes Blog Week, but we're going to talk about this first, because yeah, because, true. because there is so, you know, and I have it too, uh, you know, so much anxiety that's centered around parenting and, and raising a child who has type 1 diabetes, it, it, but now I'm hearing that the anxiety is based off of what today's standards are more than anything mm-hmm. else, and, and not that... Not that I'm sitting here thinking, well, I'm going to go back to how Karen did it when she was 12, but, (laughs) but, you know, and I'm sure you're not, I'm sure you're doing it more like Arden does it now, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it it does take away that feeling of, of dread that, you know, something's going to go terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any idea what your A1Cs were back then? Did that something they even looked at?
0: I don't know. I don't even know if I regularly had A1Cs done. Okay. Um. For the first several years after diagnosis, I continued to see my pediatrician. I didn't even have an endocrinologist.
1: Okay, okay. Um,
0: I don't know if that's what other people did at that time, too, or if it's just what we did. Um, I also don't have my diagnosis paperwork, which I wish I did, because I would love to see what my A1C had been at diagnosis and what my blood sugar had been at diagnosis. Um, I was extremely sick. Um in ICU for several days, um, beginning to slip into a diabetic coma. Mm -hmm. It it was bad, bad when I was diagnosed. So I'm sure my blood sugar was some unimaginable number.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um,
0: But somehow I, I made it through and I'm still here and, uh...
1: Are, Are your parents with us still? Yes. And do you ever talk about those days together? Do you know what it was like for your mom and dad?
0: Not really, um... I've always kind of gotten the feeling that my parents didn't really want to talk about it. Um, the one thing my mother told me a few years ago was that she still, to this day, over 30 years later, carries guilt um, over sending me to school on the day of my diagnosis. Apparently, I, I said I didn't feel good. I wanted to stay home. And she said, uh, you know, like like most parents of kids, uh, shut up and fine, get out of the house. Go ahead yeah, to yeah. school. <laughs> And the nurse called at some point during the day and sent me home. And later that night, um, my parents brought me to the ER. Um, another weird thing, I didn't find out until a couple years ago that my mother's father had diabetes. Type one? Yes. Uh, and people say to me, How how did no one ever tell you that? I'm not sure. Um No one really talks about my grandfather much. He died when my mom was in her early, early 20s, so I never knew him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think he was an alcoholic, and he wasn't a very nice guy. So nothing was ever really told to me about him. But knowing now that my mother saw her own father die of not just alcoholism, but I'm sure diabetes complications too. He couldn't have been healthy. Um, I find a whole nother layer of things she must have been dealing with. And I kind of understand if she doesn't really want to talk about it, she just kind of puts that to the side. I mean, they're interested. They She loves to hear about my endo appointments. She loves to know, you know, that I'm doing well. And she sees me check my blood. She knows about my pump. We don't go out of our way not to discuss it, but we don't really sit down and have a family talk about diabetes. And I don't really remember ever doing that, but she took great care of me. And, um, you know, I, I have no complaints.
1: Yeah, you're doing great. I, I, it (laughs) sounds like she, it sounds like she put her all into it. And I mean, you, you stop and think back to, you know, what you said in the beginning, you know, urine test strips and, and you're Mm -hmm. looking for spilling urine. It's three hours past when it probably happened anyway. I mean, it's such a, I mean, I know it was the best thing that they had going, but it's almost arbitrary at that point, you know. And did you experience many lows? Do you remember lows at that time?
0: Um, a little bit. I love to be low because I got to have candy. <laughs> I mean, this is back when, and I understand why people these days still think, oh, you have diabetes, you can't have sugar, because mm-hmm. that's how it was when I was diagnosed. We weren't allowed to have sugar. Right. So the only time I got to have candy was when I was low. Um, and I've written a post about this uh, quite a few years back on my blog about how I think I have like a Pavlovian response to lows because to me, highs are bad. I grew up thinking highs are bad because they'll give you complications. But when you have lows, Cupcakes. first of all, you're not high. So yeah, yeah. that's a good thing. And right. second of all, you get candy. Right. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't have a huge fear of low blood sugars like, like some people with diabetes do. Um. Because to me, it's like, yay, it's, candy. I actually
1: have to say that a couple of days ago, Kelly, there was something at Kelly's office and she brought home these cupcakes that went into our refrigerator. And for a 10-year-old, Arden's oddly restrained. She's also not much of a sweets person, but mm-hmm. but she doesn't, you know, she, and, and, you know, so the cupcakes sat in the refrigerator for a day or two. And just the other night, she was sitting on the sofa and the Dexcom beeps and I looked at it and, and she's... She's power watching something on Netflix with a laptop after her. uh, That seems to be her new addiction at 10 years old. She's trying to get through like full episodes of things. And I tapped her on the shoulder and she looked at me and I said, hey, you know, you're 70 diagonal down. I think I think it's a good time to, you know, probably take about 20 carbs. It's almost bedtime 20, 25 carbs. She stood up. And like power walked, like, you know, like the hip thing right to the right to the refrigerator and then just opened up the cupcakes, took a cupcake out, put it on the plate, brought it out with a napkin. It was like she had been thinking about when that cupcake was going to be OK to be eaten for days, you know. Wow. And, and, and then she uh, and she then in fine fashion ate like a quarter of it. And then she says, this is too sweet. I can't eat this. <laughs> Ah, she doesn't
0: have that sweet tooth. She's a little
1: more, she's like, she goes trick-or-treating and then I stare at her candy wondering how long it'll be until I eat it because (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't have any interest in it. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, okay, Karen. So what is the regimen now? Like what do you, how do you manage now?
0: Um, I've got an insulin pump. Um, so diabetes for more than 35 years, I've only been on the pump for about six or seven. Okay. Um. It was kind of a, I was afraid to have something attached to me all the time. And, uh, you know, after all those years, needles didn't bother me. I could care less if I was doing 10 injections a day. It was no big deal. But we, I got a new, very good endo. Um, It's like a doctor patient match made in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. And we couldn't get my A1C where we knew it needed to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, I finally, finally agreed to try on a pump. Um, And I took to it right away because I believe my doctor, he let me come to it on my own. Like he kept saying, it's going to make it easier. You really like it. But if you don't want to, that's fine. Let me know when you're ready.
1: Okay. Now, um, which which I think was important. Would you call the transition, was it stressful? I mean, did you feel like you were leaving an old friend behind or? Did, were you, was there a fear of the unknown or
0: yes um that was actually how I found the diabetes online community though I was googling for because at that time too I didn't like people to know I had diabetes okay so it was you know the external thing people will see my pump and they'll know I have diabetes so I was googling how to hide a pump in your bra so no one can see it oh, no something kidding. like that and found Carrie Sparling of six until me um And realized there were other diabetes blogs out there and started reading them and saw that other people had the same fears and concerns that I had and went ahead and started pumping. Um, And that's what gave me the courage to try it. But yeah, I was nervous. and I remember the night before saying to my husband, this is the last time I'm going to sleep without something attached to me. Um,
1: And do you still have that feeling about being attached or that went away?
0: Not at all. I, I never felt okay it was on and and clipped to my belt or stuck in my pocket and it never you know once in a while yeah it's this thing that's hanging off you and it jabs you in the waist when you bend over or mm-hmm. you, you know gets in the way when you're trying to try on clothes but it it was not at all what i thought it was going
1: to be okay no usually hey,
0: i just don't even realize i
1: had it on listen i just want to interject for a second for people who listen to every episode of the podcast that was finally someone else's dog drinking water not mine so <laughs> i don't know no is did that, you that hear that's something drinking water i did that's not no yes. no oh jesus it's my dog then unbelievable <laughs> it's i thought just me fidgeting around. no no like, karen said, I'm, it's I'm... I have,
0: Not only, I'm half Italian, so I talk with my hands. So I have nice.
1: headphones on, so everything sounds strange. And I thought, finally, it's someone else's dog. Yeah. But, all right, now I'll edit out most of that. If it was on my end, I can edit most of it out. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, damn it. I thought I, I thought I had somebody else to blame, finally. Um, I just
0: have a cat, and she's upstairs sleeping.
1: <laughs> usually, Arden's puppy lays... Four feet from me and snores through the entire podcast. Aww. So my editing process is I have to listen back, and any time I'm not talking, I have to take out my track where he's going, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, jeez. Anyway, um, you should
0: leave it. It could be like a thing.
1: Well, sometimes it's in there. I can't get. I can't do anything about it. Um, his name is Basil, so it's kind of cool. Um, so okay, so Karen, this is crazy. I, I I think that you're a real window into like you're the you're the ghost to Christmas past, present, and future almost for people who have <laughs> young kids with diabetes. So we've we've seen, you know, what your past was like. We know that your present is is great and your future is bright because now you're you're sort of where the rest of us are. I, I mean as far as technology and, and tools and everything. It's um you've kind of come full circle. Do you so would would it be fair to say that you're a proponent of keeping up with technology?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, I also have a continuous glucose monitor, um, which we didn't quite get to, um, that was an easier transition for me. Um, once I got the pump, I was thinking about it and, um, I had a a low, I, I believe my, my blood sugar was 27. And my only symptom was I felt a little queasy. And at that point I was like, you know what? I'm calling a doctor and, and getting on a continuous glucose monitor. And um, yeah, since, since going on the pump and the CGM, I've hit every, I've stayed consistently at my A1C goal. Um, so for me, the technology is working fantastically. And I think if, you, if anyone felt like they wanted to try it or thought they could help it, help them, yes, definitely give it a try. Um I know How it many doesn't y- work for everyone and we all have our, our own different management plans that work for us and I I'm a big believer on that too. What works for me is not gonna work for everybody. But if there's something you wanna try, try it.
1: So now everyone can tell that that Karen writes a blog because she disclaimed herself she didn't want to offend anybody. People <laughs> who are on the podcast, Karen, who don't because I try really hard to have people on who don't have a voice in the community. Mm-hmm. When they talk about what they're doing they feel no compunction to say, "Hey, and if you want to do something else, fine." They're like, "This is what I use, and it's great." <laughs> and okay. so, and but you 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 have the blogger gene. You were like, "But absolutely, if you don't want to, it's okay." But uh,
0: it's not even like <laughs> I I honestly I honestly do believe it though. Oh, I do too.
1: Yeah, I do too. It just it you feel compelled to say it a little bit because you're used to communicating with people and
0: and I get annoyed. I feel like I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I get annoyed at people who have the my way is the only way and everyone has to do it this way mentality. Because I honestly, honestly feel that diabetes is such a, not a one-size-fits-all condition.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I I shouldn't, I wasn't disparaging the people coming before me. I should actually, now I'm doing it. I should say (laughs) that they, they weren't like, I'm right and you're wrong. It was just that they don't have that, they don't have that feeling that they need to, disclaimer what they're saying ever like you know they're just like we're using this pump and it's working great for us and, and I'm like oh that's great
0: want to help you know what I mean like they know they probably know where other people have been they've lived through the struggles themselves and it's yeah. fixed it for them and if it can fix it for someone else and they and, want to make sure yeah
1: yeah and it's speaking to them that makes me realize that that feeling uh, you know wrapped around living with diabetes is the exact reason why the last time I heard that diabetes was the second best represented like patient blogs on the internet because you have that information and you do really feel like someone else should know this you know I don't want to keep this to myself and I think that's why the community is so large and so helpful and, and kind of omnipresent because everybody you know I can't you and I or somebody else can't spend their whole lives on the internet waiting for someone to ask a question so but there's always someone there and I, and um I think that's why why it's it's such a strong presence online um, and I have
0: no problem broadcasting all the things I did wrong, so other people don't go through that too. I, I went through four years of college without a blood glucose meter, and could not care less, never tested my blood sugar, took my insulin, but don't know what my blood sugar was. Don't do that. Do you feel, <laughs> While you college age kids out there, don't do that. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> well, I first of all, I completely agree with you. I think sometimes sharing your foibles is even more helpful to people than telling them what went right. Um, but let me ask you a question. Now that your blood sugar is in a, in a in a range that you're happier with and not as high as it was when you were younger, and maybe there'd be no way for you to know this, but that's where my question lies. Okay. Is there a noticeable difference in your conscious being when your blood sugar is more in range, or were you so accustomed to it that you, like, do you think you're a different person now almost, or do, would you have no way of knowing even? Um
0: I think I definitely, oh, it's hard to say. So I think, like, back then I was just so used to being high, it was, it didn't bother me, like, it was just the, the normal. Right. But now... When my blood sugar is very high, I do feel it. I feel sluggish. I feel, you know, cranky. I feel bleh. um And lows, too. I get, well, I'm fairly hypoglycemic, unaware. So often I can have lows and feel 100% fine. Just roll around, now. Not always. So there are times when, you know, lows, I'm really confused. I'm really fuzzy. And I, I don't remember feeling like that either Um, when I did have those random once in a blue moon lows i don't ever remember feeling like fuzzy and confused and all
1: that yeah because i have this real um it's a drive inside of me to let arden be who she really is Mm -hmm. and and you know what i mean like i feel like when she's low or high she might be existing in the world differently than she would if her blood sugar wasn't having an effect on her on her Mm -hmm. system and you know saturday morning she was playing in a softball game the first game and just about as the game was starting, I noticed her blood sugar going up for reasons that didn't make any sense. But I thought maybe it's um, maybe it's adrenaline because it right. was a tournament. And they they were, I heard the girls talk and they were interested in winning and and I thought maybe that was it. So I bolused for the insul- for the adrenaline, and then that didn't help. And then you know three four innings into the game, her blood sugar had gotten up to 280, and I was now bolusing like unnatural amounts. I had given up. I realized the 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 infusion site was given up early on me and now I'm just going to try to squeeze some insulin through to keep her blood sugar from going any higher. She struck out three times in a row, uncharacteristically struck out three times in a row in the game. Her bat was very slow through the zone, Mm -hmm. and after the game, I pulled her aside, and I said, "Uh, listen, we have a break between the next game. Let's go to the car. We're going to change your insulin pump. Your blood sugar's high. I'm pretty sure that's why you you struck out like that so many times, and she snapped at me, like (laughs) really... And not just pissed at herself about striking out, snapped at me. She was unlike herself. And mm-hmm. I took her to the car, changed her pump, got her blood sugar down pretty quickly. And then we went back to the next game. She got a hit. Everything was fine after that game. I said, do you see you know what I, what I was saying? Because I was just trying to make the point to her that her blood sugar can have effect on her like that. Mm-hmm. And her response then was just 180 degrees. You know, she was a mm-hmm. different person when I spoke to her when her blood sugar was 120 than when I spoke to her when it was 280. And uh and so I wonder if you live that long at 280 or, or at some, you know, 250 or some number, you know, you know, is there lost time for you or do you feel like that? But I guess there's no way to know. It's your it's just like anything else in life, I guess. I guess you're existing in it there'd be no real way to know if there's a another plane of existence you could be well, reaching.
0: I do remember uh... Like I said, we uh, my mom and I don't talk a lot about diabetes stuff, but I do remember at one time she said to me, because I guess even on the exchange, uh, yeah, I did have lows, you know, here and there, and mm-hmm. she said she could tell, like in the evening, all of a sudden I'd be really cranky and snippy, and uh, I don't want to swear, but <laughs> oh, you can, <laughs> oh, she, yeah, yeah, okay, right, right, there you go, okay, <laughs> and um. She would make a few peanut butter crackers and give them to me, and she said I would eat them, and all of a sudden, like you said, hundred and eighty degrees all of a sudden, I was her you know nice mm-hmm. uh happy kid again um so yeah, even even back then, I had that and I definitely I definitely have' it now my husband'll say something, and I'll be more so on lows. Um, I very rarely have lows where I over-treat, which is when, like, you know, you're eating too much, but every fiber of your being is telling you you need to eat. You I'm, need hungry. To eat I'm hungry, and I'm hungry. You just don't care and you just eat anything you can get your hands at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you should try telling a small child, I, I know you think you're hungry, but you've eaten enough carbs uh, and your blood sugar's going to go back up in 10 minutes. And this is, she's like, I don't care, buddy. <laughs> it's
0: not going to get any better because my husband has done it. And I responded just like a small child. He said, like,
1: Sweetheart,
0: I think you're all set. That's more than 15 grams, and I I, I don't know exactly what I said, but I practically ripped his head off. It was
1: unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you eat whatever
0: you want (laughs) to eat.
1: So okay, all right. So Karen, so you are you are the author of one of the coolest things that exists in the diabetes community, as far as I'm concerned. Um, You are the person who started Diabetes Blog Week and can you tell me when you began and, and what made you get it going?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so it began, this is the sixth one, so it began uh, five five years ago, six years ago, I don't know. Yep. Here, here I go with
1: there, the math. There's the math, <laughs> there it is.
0: Um, back then, so before I started my diabetes blog, I had a knitting blog, um, which over the years as I've gotten more and more involved with the diabetes community, I've gotten less and less involved with knitting. I haven't uploaded my knitting blog in probably two or three years, and I don't really knit all that much anymore. Um, But I started out as a knitting blogger, and there was an event called Knit and Crochet Blog Week. And um, the organizer posted a set topic for each day for a week, and we all answered the question on our own blogs. And then we hopped around the community and read what everyone wrote about the questions and it was it was so much fun and I felt like it really united our community and it, I found new blogs and we were all doing something fun together and I thought, I wish someone would do this for the diabetes community. And uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically of me, I said, well, maybe I'll do it, which I'm usually not. <laughs> Not a go-getter like that. But it really
1: Um, struck you at at how valuable it could be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, well, you know, who else is going to do it? I'm the only knitter. Well, maybe I wasn't, but at the time I was the only knitter, diabetic knitter I knew. Um, So I thought, well, maybe I'll give it a go. And I, I wrote my topics and I, you know, my husband said, you know, even if no one signs up, You have a week's worth of topics that you can write about so it won't go to waste. Um, And it was right around the time I was getting ready to launch it, um, Carrie Sparling asked me to write a guest post for Six Until Me. So I strategically decided that I would make my announcement for Diabetes Blog Week on the day she published my guest post, figuring That that maybe I'd get some more traffic and it would help get the word out. And I bet you did. And I guess it worked, because <laughs> we had, I wish I should have looked this up, probably well over 100 people participate. Um, I was completely unprepared and overwhelmed for how enthusiastic everyone would be about it.
1: Right and, off the bat, And yeah. I feel
0: guilty when I say that, because I feel like, you know, it wasn't that I didn't doubt the community, it was that I doubted my my little project, you know, who am I to tell people what to write about for a whole week? Yeah, a but, good
1: idea is a good idea. I, I think the hardest part is reaching people. And and obviously, Carrie was able to help you with that. Exactly. And yeah. And so exactly. 100 people the first year, how has it grown since then? How many people did it last year?
0: Last year, we were somewhere around 230, 240. So we've about doubled in size um, in five years. Wow. Um I feel like the topics have grown. Um, That first year, the topics were very basic. Uh, What do you treat a low with? Um, Which was a learning experience for me because at the time I didn't realize that many people with type 2 diabetes don't have lows. Mm -hmm. So I unintentionally eliminated them from a topic. Um, (laughs) Because that's the thing about Diabetes Blog Week. I try to make it general enough that Anyone in the diabetes sphere can participate, type 1, type 2, parents and caregivers. If you blog about diabetes, I want you to be able to relate to and answer the topics. Okay. Um,
1: and do you see, uh, is there a balance of type 1 and type 2? Or is it lean one way or the other?
0: It probably leans toward type 1s because I think there just aren't as many type 2 blogs out there.
1: Um, yeah, I've heard that actually. And but but you do see type twos. They they are getting it. That's yeah. excellent. Yep, and, oh.
0: and parents and some parents write the posts themselves from their perspective. And some parents have their kids tackle the, the posts or get their kids input and some do both. They'll they'll kind of double post every day with their perspective and their child's perspective. And it, it's really cool. I, I love I love to see what we can all learn from each other, even if we're not the same, you know. Yeah. I love to see what a type two writes and what a parent writes and what a, a caregiver, a spouse writes because it's a window into a world that that I don't necessarily see.
1: Yeah, it's a ton of different perspectives and, mm-hmm. and, and then you've got them all kind of collated right together on your blog and now's a good time. You are uh, bittersweetdiabetes.com? Yes. Okay, and um, there is a right it right on the main page. People can go and find you know the directions for Diabetes Blog Week, which are very simple, and they are and and your topics. But can you explain to people like how how you find them? Like what do they need to do after they've written a blog post? How do they make sure you know about it? Because I know how it is, but but go ahead mm-hmm. and tell me because it's a simple process. So
0: so. So when you um, go to my blog and, and click on the topics page um, and that tells you every day what what to write about. Um, the title of each day's topic is a web link. and when you click on that link, it takes you to another page that's a list. So once your post is written and published, you, add you fill in your blog's name and you fill in the url of your blog post and click submit and there you are on the list
1: and then you populate on the list and then other people come to that page Mm -hmm. and they can find your blog that way
0: that's yes That's that's excellent that's the hope we can jump around and if you want to read what everyone wrote on that day you just go down the list one by one and you can you can find all the posts and hear what everyone had to say
1: so what are your um Is there a, is there a theme this year or is each day a little different?
0: Each day is a little different. Um, usually, um, I try to have, usually there's two days that kind of play off each other somewhere in the week. Um, and this year, like one year it was, um, one day was things I hate about diabetes. And the next day was things, great things that have happened because of diabetes. So, you get both sides because you have to show the good and the bad, I believe. Like, we can't. I hate to be a negative Nancy and I like to be positive, but people need to know that, that there are bad things too and that things can be tough. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah, it does. You know, it's a, there's no benefit to you to ignore the things that may go askew and pretend they're not going to happen. It, 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 diabetes is not a um, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it sort of a thing. You should be. Um, well aware of how you're going to get over that bridge long before you long before you get to it i think
0: and even like from a, I hate to use that big old advocacy word because i feel like but from an advocacy standpoint like people need to know why we're struggling so they know why we're trying to raise money and why we need to keep the research up and why we need our insurances to improve the new treatments because because it is hard and you know if we if we just paint too rosy
1: of a picture then I was gonna say diabetes lends itself to being marginalized by people who don't understand diabetes it just it just sort of does but, you know by you know by the sheer fact that you don't particularly look like you're sick or mm-hmm. you know like you're not struggling you're not you know it, it you're not gonna die tomorrow that kind of thing and because of that it's very simple for people to look at it from the outside and even understandable uh, and to look at it from the outside and say, "Well, you know, okay, sure. Well, Karen can't have Coke anymore, but I mean, do I really need to give a hundred dollars to diabetes research mm-hmm. because of that? When it's obviously so much more about than that, if you just know. And and how do you get that information out into the into the general public? And and I think. By being transparent and talking about my dogs are killing me today, Karen. Basil, please, what are you doing? Not now, buddy. Karen's talking diabetes blog. Are you even barking at something or is it just... He has a plastic phobia. So if something plastic gets left on the floor... And now the phone is ringing. Unbelievable, Karen. Maybe the dog will get the phone and we can take care of two birds with one stone here. Basil, you want to get the phone, buddy? Huh? nothing he stands there like a lump um
0: but it, yeah it's like a weird tightrope sometimes that you're that you're walking on i feel like because like i want to say i can do anything and i'm strong and i can do this and diabetes doesn't run my life but on the other hand you know like we said there are concerns there are times when i can't do something and there are struggles and absolutely so you don't want to live in fear and doom and gloom, but you don't want to live in oh, diabetes is nothing and it's so easy. It's it's weird. Yeah. But, but anyway, so my my the topic today, this week, next week.
1: Well, what? Let's go slower. Wait, what okay. What's the first day of diabetes blog week? Is it? Uh, it's Monday, May 11th. Yes. Okay. So on Monday, May 11th, there's uh, the first topic and. What is it? Go ahead, tell me. Uh, <laughs> do you know? I, I'm looking at it. I have to look at it. No, 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 up. I'm looking at your Monday blog.
0: is I Can, correct? Okay. Yes. Um, What's
1: the vibe of that?
0: Is about, this is the good, again, the focusing on the positive to get things started. And, and things you didn't think you can do with diabetes that you can do or your loved one. Um, things, good things that diabetes has brought into your life. Um, great things you've accomplished despite diabetes.
1: Um, So this, this post is a great opportunity for people to kind of almost boast a little bit and and be like, you know, here's this thing in the world that I bet you think I can't do, but Mm -hmm. not only do I do it, but I do it well, or I do it at a high level. Um, you know, and, and people come to mind who are, you know, Olympians and rock climbers and, and athletes. And, and I'll tell you that from my personal experience, just talking about and playing softball at a slightly elevated level for a 10 year old. I have seen that give so much support to parents who are worried about their kids playing sports. Mm-hmm. So whatever your thing is that you can do, I would get out there and write about it because you're going to find somebody who's that, who that's going to, um, really lift up, you know, like somebody's really going to, um, see that and stop being so concerned in their own life, I would imagine. And, uh, that's a good start. Okay, so let's do. We'll just I roll don't through. I
0: feel like there's no thing that's too small. Too, so I think sometimes as bloggers we think, well, I could write this, but it's not that big of a deal. Nobody cares. It's not a huge accomplishment. But even a little accomplishment
1: reaches somebody.
0: Still a huge thing, and yeah. when it resonates with someone, you're helping them. And
1: don't feel like even if it feels like a small thing to you, don't feel like it's not going to resonate with somebody because it will. Like you will mm-hmm. find somebody. And not only that, but with hundreds of people, um, you know, participating, there's going to be a lot of, there will be some overlap where you'll see three people wrote about almost the exact, it'll feel like the exact same thing. So be the person who's outside of the box mm-hmm. talking about that small thing. Absolutely. Okay. So then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, geez, you go right on to Sunday. Look at you.
0: Yeah. It's it, a it, whole week. It's, it's a <laughs> whole
1: it's a literal diabetes blog week uh, and so so le- listen we can't go every one but let's let's tell people again bittersweetdiabetes.com mm-hmm. uh, go to the topics and and get a look ahead of time and you know and get yourself uh, get yourself ready to be uh, to be um, excited and and the other thing I think Karen is something I've lived through with diabetes blog week because I love doing it is I can't write for every day of diabetes blog week but that shouldn't stop me, should it? I should pick a topic or take a time when I have time and, and participate as much as possible. Is that Would you exactly, feel that way?
0: Exactly. In the, the introductory post, which is uh, right, right up front on my blog now, and when it moves down, I'll, I'll always have a link to it so you can find it. It explains what Diabetes Blog Week is and how it works. And I said right there, you know, the idea is that we all blog for the whole week on the topic. However, things happen. I understand that, especially people with diabetes know things. You know, things come up unexpectedly, and you can't do something you plan to do. No big deal. Uh, diabetes itself is stressful, mm-hmm. so Diabetes Blog Week, no stress is allowed. <laughs> do what you can do, and if you miss a day, blog it in June. Don't ever blog it. You know what what I mean? Just you know, everyone, whatever you can do is is more than enough
1: but if i want to do you know i'm taking the first taking monday as an example if i really want to write something for i can but i can't put it out until wednesday that's all good
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you're not you're not hurting anything there's
1: there's no rules
0: still go back to that link list for the monday posts, and you put it under that add it add it so we can still find it because it generally takes readers more than a week to get through all the posts anyway and those link lists um hopefully will live forever. You know, right. every every year's is still up there in the archives. Um,
1: and do you see how 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 long after diabetes blog week comes to an end do you see like a real influx of traffic back to that to those lists? Does it go on for a while?
0: Um, I'm not sure because the the link lists are not I don't see the traffic from them.
1: Okay, okay. Because
0: it's a it's a online app that I use um, I to see. create those lists. So I'm not sure but but they're there, yeah. and, and uh, hopefully people are still using them. I think sometimes, um, uh, I, I hope this doesn't. <laughs> I think sometimes, like writers or pharma companies or someone writing an article, will go back to them and look at them right. to gather information. To me, that's a good thing. I don't know if, if people find that a bad thing. No, but, I don't you think know, so. Well, you're out try, you're there trying to watching us, and and that's another reason why it's important to share our, our honest voices. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's valuable if everybody hears it. It, it. I don't see how it matters. And I can tell you that I see, I can see inbound traffic from that list on my blog. Uh, it definitely picks up. So, I mean, if you're just, if you're interested in, in being a part of it, just to be a part of it, if you're interested in being a part of it so other people find your blog, it, it really does serve a, a bunch of different um, masters, I guess, and really well. I mean, this is a very... Um, Well-received, widely known about thing. I mean, Diabetes Blog Week is is one of the first things that I heard about, um, and and wanted to jump right in on when my blog was younger. Um, and actually, I want to thank you for something on the blog, but it, I just want to. I also want to go over there and take that puppy, and just put him in a different <laughs> room. He's now found a chew toy, and he's just going crazy on it. But but so Karen,
0: you go, puppy. You no. go
1: Basil? <laughs> oh, Basil, come on buddy. Uh, so Karen, I know I've written about this, but I've never gotten to say it to you personally. And I've talked about it in other interviews. If you've heard me in other places, Yeah. I, no, I, you're
0: going to make me cry. No, 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 no. Ahead. No, stop.
1: I frequently there's listen, I've been writing a blog for a really long time. So Arden was diagnosed in 2006. I started writing it, you know, exactly a year later in 2007, it's 2015 now. As we know, I don't know exactly how many years that is, but it's a lot. <laughs> and the process of writing a blog goes through a lot of changes. It's, it's like watching a miniature life go by. You know, you start, I started very heavy with advocacy, JDRF, I moved on to trying to help people. You know, now I feel like now I'm just telling stories and, and you know, like in it, and it, it, it's moved on. It's become a lot of things. There have been a couple of times where I, I wanted to give up a little bit. I just, there's a, a very recent interview on the podcast where I spoke to Michelle. Michelle is Mason's mom. And if you go back to that episode, you'll hear me thank Michelle for calling me out at some point and telling me that my blog sometimes made her feel like a failure. And that was because I was really heavily talking about the things that were going right all the time. Mm-hmm. Excuse me while I get some water. And, 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 I took Michelle to heart and I became even more transparent even though I felt like I was being fairly transparent to begin with, started talking about the things that were going wrong more frequently, Mm -hmm. saw the value in sharing that with people. That was one of the big kind of um, milestones for me in the blog, growing and and having a chance to keep going. Now another one was Diabetes Blog Week. So I, I get my topics and I sit down and write and I put them on my blog. I'm super proud. I put them on the list. And then I go back and I start reading other people's blogs, and I was like, "Oh, geez, like, you know, a lot of people wrote kind of what I wrote about, and not only that, but the tone of what they wrote was similar, and the pacing of what they wrote was similar, and it struck me that, and 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 it shouldn't have, but it struck me that wow, if so many people are telling the story already in such a kind of in a in a great way, you know, in a way that that's so similar to what I'm doing. Is there really a need for me to do it? And it put a stop to me. Like I, so diabetes blog week, initially it's like a superhero movie. It starts out sad and <laughs> then it finishes big at the end. It stopped me from blogging. And I was like, it's just not necessary. I don't need to do this. There's other people doing it. They're all doing a fine job. But then I realized in very short order that I missed writing on my blog. Um, and I wanted to go back to doing it, but I didn't want to do what I was doing. I, I wanted to I wanted to find a different way. And it's a it's a slippery slope because you can't tell an overly entertaining story about your child's diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time, why can't it be a little entertaining? Y- y- right. y- you know, and And isn't there a way to tell a story that isn't just first beat, second beat, third beat? Like, you know, maybe there is. Like, why does this have to be so, I don't know, structural? You know, why does it have to be structured the same way? And so I kind of reverse engineered my writing and I started telling stories a little in reverse and I started being a little more concerned with entertaining details and Mm -hmm. I started feeling comfortable being funny sometimes, you know, and all of that stuff, excuse me, all that stuff came from Diabetes Blog Week, and my and how it taught me that I really wanted to be a diabetes blogger, but I wanted to do it differently. And I will tell you that that experience was probably the last step in making my writing valuable enough that uh, that a publisher offered me a book, because I I now look back at my writing and I see that prior to. Diabetes blog week smacking me around and telling me I want you to go be a better writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was I don't think there was anything special about my writing. I don't think it was bad. I just think it was like reading instructions about diabetes. Mm-hmm. And and now it's not it's not fantastic. I'm not toting my own horn or anything like that. I, but it's it grew and it's better because of because of something you started, that started because of something you saw in a knitting blog. I mean, so if you. If you really go back and follow that line a bunch of people knitting and talking to each other over a blog I really believe move me forward and and end up making me I'm a published author because of that you know you know and um, that
0: I'm still waiting for my royalty check
1: well so am I (laughs) first of all no one should write a book if they want to make money (laughs) Um, the only thing,
0: Oh my God, the blog
1: is worse. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. no, 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 no. I know you're kidding, but it's absolutely true. There's, there's no money in any of this. If, if that's your goal, pl- <laughs> please get out of diabetes Blog week right now, because you're going to be sorely, sorely, uh, confused and, and bewildered at the end. But, but no, seriously, like there's, it, so my, I guess my point is, first of all, I'm telling you, thank you. But secondly, I'm saying Participating in Diabetes Blog Week or blogging about your diabetes or being open in public or any of the things that you're willing to do to help diabetes is going to have far-reaching ramifications that you may never see the end of. But you should definitely trust that your effort is going to create a good outcome for somebody somewhere, even if you never hear back from them. And, and definitely. definitely. Yeah.
0: You never know where things are going to go. And, you know, it, be it Diabetes Blog Week, you know, that first year I thought it would just be me blogging all by myself. And and now, you know, there's a couple hundred of us blogging along every year. And, you know, and every year I think maybe it's around its course, maybe people will not want to do it, but there's still continues to be excitement around it. And, and that makes me happy. And even just a post. I mean, I'll write a post that is purely for me, just something I wanted to say and I dashed it off in two minutes and I don't think it's any big deal. And somehow it speaks to people and resonates with them. And-
1: There's you, literally you no way know. to know.
0: Just be true to yourself and write what you feel because you never know who you're gonna touch. And that's really the cool thing about it, you
1: know? Yep. Yeah, I I, I sat up one day a year ago looked at myself in the mirror. I looked like a truck hit me. I took a picture with my phone and I put it on my blog along with probably the shortest least least, you know, well thought through blog post I'd ever written in my entire life. And I said, uh, this is what a this is what a D parent looks like, you know, and mm-hmm. I put arrows to all the sad things on my head and, you know, my hair going every which way. It's probably the most popular thing I've written in years. And because-
0: Others are living it, and, and it really resonates. They're not alone. There's such a power in seeing that you're not
1: alone. Yeah, yeah, and it just—I mean, if you would have given me a hundred dollars and told me to bet on one of these blog posts, like which one's going to be the one that hits people, which one's going to be the one who sees nine thousand views and then gets reposted on Diabetes Daily and then is one of their most popular blog posts of the year—and like, you know—I never in a million years would have chose the photo of me looking disheveled. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, and. And so I think it's just a great example of you. You don't know what you're going to do that's going to touch people. So just do as much as you can. Do as much as you're comfortable with. Maybe do a little more than you're comfortable with. I, I think sometimes stretching is is good for you. But uh, but it, you should not undervalue the power of sharing and the way that helps build community. And um, you and know I hope everybody always gets been, involved. and
0: continues to be really the main reason for Diabetes Blog Week. And and I. We'll just encourage people that if you're nervous about it if you don't have a blog or aren't sure you want a blog um just read along this year L- leave some comments on some posts you like uh you don't have to sign up for the week to be a part of it whatever you know whatever level of involvement feels right to you we're more than happy to have you along along
1: with us well you know what this just occurred to me just now i, I not thought of this before you said that but let me say this okay. uh the podcast usually goes up on tuesdays but the next tuesday coming is may 12th which would be two days into the diabetes blog week already so mm-hmm. i'm gonna post this episode this friday again okay. here goes me counting that would be the 6th 7th, the 8th of may and um I just can't believe I couldn't think that was three days and just go five plus three is eight. But anyway, um, I'm checking you on my yeah, you're right probably now. like, it's you probably not buddy, but I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll say this right now here on the podcast. If you don't have a blog and you go to diabetes blog week, if you go to bittersweetdiabetes.com and you see something you want to write about and you don't have a blog or somewhere to put it, put it on Facebook. If you're uncomfortable putting it on Facebook because your non-diabetes friends see it, you go to the bottom of Ardenstate.com, click on contact me, send me an email, I'll post your blog post for you. Absolutely. Yeah, and and as many it. people as contact me, I'll post every one of them. So, you know, if 20 of you call and you know, email and say, look, I don't have a blog, but I'd like to write something, write something, get a hold of me, I'll, I'll put a special section on the blog, and I'll put up the blogs for people who don't have blogs. How's that sound? That's-
0: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I and think we the, can link them in the link list so people can find
1: them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will absolutely do that if somebody wants to do it because the um you know the process of doing this podcast so far and trying so hard to do, you know, to talk to people who don't have outlets like a, their own blog. What I saw was a lot of people who have lived through diabetes, they really do have the ability to tell these stories. You don't need to be a blogger to have told a good story. There's probably a lot of unfound bloggers in the diabetes community, and um, I'd be thrilled to give any one of them a voice. So, I, you know what, that's a great, uh, that's a good place for us to end, Karen.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh,
1: well, cool. So, you are fantastic. Let's, let's be clear about that. Um, <sighs> You've started something that I think has the kind of legs that'll go on for a very long time. I think it's very possible that if um, there are children right now who have diabetes who may start their own blogs one day and, and participate in Diabetes Blog Week, um, it has had a profound effect on me and my writing, my blog, and my life, and um, and I genuinely appreciate that. Um, and so go think up something else cool to do, and go go. What are you doing <laughs> well, sitting around? Go I go figure out something else. Say- that's great.
0: And I don't feel like it gets said enough, but it's it's not me, it's our community. Because without the community jumping in and taking the time, asking people to sign up to write seven days worth of posts where, you know, I'm telling you what to write, that's asking a lot. So I'm so thankful that the community has embraced this and continues to get so excited about it and wants to do it each year and is taking time to help me come up with topics because you know seven topics plus two wildcard which we didn't really talk about but if you don't if you can't think of anything for the day's topic there's a fallback topic you can choose okay that's nine topics a year i can't come up with fresh content anymore so the community pitches in and helps me and it wouldn't be anything without the community the the time i take to set it up is is nothing compared to the time everyone puts in to to help keep it a success and keep it running, so thank you to everyone in the DOC.
1: Oh, that's beautiful, and I am looking on the blog, on your blog right now, and I do see you. Everybody who came up with a with a topic is credited. It looks like it's linked back to their blog, so definitely, absolutely yeah, go to check not, them out. You know,
0: you you guys, you guys come up with some great topics, and and I want to make sure people know where these wonderful ideas are coming from.
1: Uh, Karen, do you have a hashtag this year?
0: It's um, always the same. It's D Blog Week.
1: So if you tweet out your link, um, hashtag a #D Blog Week, definitely make sure you go back to Karen's blog, BittersweetDiabetes.com, and add your blog post to the list on the appropriate day or the appropriate topic, I guess. And um, what are you doing? Like, get going. <laughs> you got all weekend. You could write ahead.
0: Topics up now. Start thinking. <laughs> you could have three
1: topics done by Monday. What are you doing? just let the rest of your life go and write about your diabetes <laughs> you don't need to clean the living room on saturday no, that's an, a take
0: out all week and
1: so it's sunny outside do but what i'm doing we'll
0: be there next week
1: sit inside and write about diabetes like the rest of us uh karen thank you so much i'm really thrilled that you were able to do this and uh,
0: thank you for having me this
1: was fun you i have to tell you 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 you've You've inspired me. I usually say at the end, if you know, you're know you the parent of a child with diabetes and you want to uh, be on the podcast, you should contact me. But let me just say now, if you have type 1 diabetes in your life or any kind of diabetes in your life and you think you'd like to have a conversation like this for the podcast, just go to juiceboxpodcast.com or ardnessday.com. Scroll to the bottom, hit contact me, send me an email. I'm seeing now that you know we could tell great stories from an adult's perspective that would still really benefit the parents and uh children with diabetes, so come one, come all. And uh, Diabetes Blog Week, go write something right now. Karen, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Head over to bittersweetdiabetes.com right now, sign up for Diabetes Blog Week, check out the writing prompts, maybe get started a couple of days early, and uh, I think you'll find it really beneficial and uplifting and just cathartic um, in a way that might defy explanation at the moment, but you'll figure it out once you do it. And again, my offer is good to write something for Diabetes Blog Week, but don't have a blog of your own. My offer is wide open to everyone. Contact me through ardensday.com and I would love to post your blog for you. I will see you next week.